0: Welcome back to Open the Voice Gate for April 19th, 2022. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can get our podcast on the Voices of Wrestling podcast feed or our own dedicated podcast feed on all podcast platforms and applications. You can follow us on Twitter at Open Voice Gate. If you'd like to donate to the show, click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to our RedCircle.com landing site. You just... Click the red box to sponsor this podcast, and you can set up a one-time reoccurring donation. No obligation whatsoever, but we would like to thank all of our previous donors. I'm one of your hosts, it's your old pal, Mike Spears. joined alongside, as always, my co-host and friend, Case Lowing. Case, how are you?
1: I'm doing well. I am in very, very cold Chicago, Illinois. But my well-being is irrelevant because we are talking to Hollywood Iron Mike Spears this week. Mike, how are you doing after your weekend out west?
0: Well, I got into uh, the compound at one a.m. this morning, so I'm a little fried. Which you know, a, a, as you know, case if it's something where like I am, I, I'm a little bit off kilter. That usually means that we're going to have a crazy show, just because my brain just completely short short circuits. But I, you know, I I do well in – and it, Los Angeles, other than losing my phone within the first five minutes of being of leaving Los Angeles International Airport. uh, Yeah, you know, uh, L.A. is cool. Uh, got to see my brother get married and uh, the weather was awesome. It was like 60 degrees the entire time, man. I flew back up here and it was 40. Like, what the hell?
1: You know, I, I will say one thing I've come to know about you is that no one is as in tune with their body as you are, you can you within the first five minutes of talking to Mike every week, he's going to let me know how he's feeling, what's thrown off about him He's going to apologize if he's anything less than a 100%. And I like that. It's good to do a checkup on yourself every once in a while. And perhaps it's paranoia, or an anxiety disorder. But Mike Spears is always checking in on himself. And I think that's great. I'm disappointed you didn't post any pictures of you out West. We could have done some of that classic Sean Ross Sap Denise Salcedo banter <laughs> where I call you Hollywood Spears in what seems like it's an inside joke, but it's for the public and it goes on too long and then it makes our Twitter presence entirely unbearable. That could have been us, but you, you kept your, per- or your, uh, your personal life private and I was very disappointed by that.
0: I mean, sometimes we got to take the cake gloves off when we talk about, you know, Fightful. You know, I mean, (laughs) sometimes we got to do that.
1: Uh, Uh, Just an unbearable website. I've met Sean Ross. That personally was very nice to me. I have no issues with him on a personal level. Oh, unbearable on a professional level. uh,
0: you, You know, it's the one thing where it's like the one Patreon where I'm like, he does have a lot of good information. But a lot of it is like it's 25% of it, but you still get good information each day. It's just the notifications on Patreon for stuff that it's just like, here's an interview we did with Becky Lynch. Please don't post anything before the aggregates get it on Thursday. And I'm like, why would I care? You know, you know, but uh, there's a reason, case why you didn't get any Hollywood Mike Spears while I was out there. And why is that, Mike? Oh, because five minutes from after getting my bag and heading to the a rideshare lane out of LAX heading to the undisclosed location. Uh, the the LAX now has this like external, it's called LA exit because every, not only Pro Wrestling loves uh, abbreviation based puns. And I have a one of those chargers for cell phones that the cables attach to the charger itself, which makes it a lot easier when you're traveling so you're not like futzing with that. I must have had it on loosely my cell phone disappeared and i was like trying to track it so i spent a wedding weekend including throwing a bachelor's party on a burner phone with a very bad camera i took photos just to check very bad camera that a very bad phone that i do have not installed any social media on there other than slack and discord nothing
1: well, to the, the the two essential slack and discord you can't go you can't go a minute without checking those i i will let you plead the fifth but i'm assuming if you're in los angeles with a burner phone uh you could have made a pretty sweet drug deal
0: I mean, we, we we don't talk about my business.
1: <laughs> Sounds like a guy who bought drugs this weekend. You know
0: how those drug dealers are always talking about their business. I, I I'm talking about this business that we're in. <laughs> this business. I just like you no. Know, it, it was just one of those things that like. So I landed and I fa- and the whole situation. I got situated uh out in pasadena i stayed in pasadena love pasadena pasadena rules everyone should pasadena is one of those hidden lovely places in the country but uh and i found an at&t store within five blocks that closed within 45 minutes you better know i booked it down there and and shouted as soon as i got in the store give me a burner phone give me a burner phone right now and and the poor guy is like you mean a prepay He's like yes yes and it has to and, and do your burner phones have apps and I must have looked like just the most insane <laughs> yeah. person. And,
1: and, yeah, that's not case, a good
0: look. Here's the funny thing. My brother, who was out with his then fiance and his future in-laws for dinner, thought he saw me running down the street afterwards. He went inside the AT&T store and said, "Uh, hey, was my brother in here? Kind of looks like me. Usually has a hat on. Usually pretty harried." And they're like, yeah, no, he just left like two minutes ago.
1: Yeah, we don't know where he's off to, but he's doing something illegal, so go catch him.
0: I, I, I mean, I've watched a lot of Bosch. You know, there's a lot of other crimes in L.A. other than just drugs. Are you excited
1: for season three of Barry?
0: Yes, absolutely. Why 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 wouldn't I be? Yeah, I mean, this
1: for anybody that isn't ready for it, just, just so you know, this podcast going forward is not only the best place for Dragon Gate coverage. I think we're going to be doing weekly Barry breakdowns as well because it's my favorite show. I love it more than anything. The last show I loved as much as Barry problematic take incoming was Horace and Pete and Barry has been able to fill that obsessive void that not even euphoria, which I'm a massive fan of could fill. Barry is my thing. I love it. I'm excited about it. It's been three years. Is that right? Since the last season, 2019. Yeah, it's been maybe four Maybe it, it, was, it, was, it was 2019 because I, I was going through a breakup during season two of Barry. I remember it well. So it has been three years since Barry has come back. We have been doing this podcast weekly for two years. This becomes the Barry anticipation, anticipation station going forward.
0: The Barry Breakdown Battle Station.
1: Oh, my God. That's wonderful. Well, well, well done, like, Mike Spears. You know,
0: I like, go oh, battle station. That used to be a name for the pay-per-views. They were the battle stations.
1: Yes, well, I am. I am not old, so I did not pick up on that reference immediately. But good call by you.
0: Hey, hey, I gotta do it that way. But yeah, we'll have the Barry breakdowns. Uh, kind of turning the corner on Winning Time case, by the way. Just as an aside,
1: I, I'm, I'm behind. I was telling you my schedule before yeah. we started recording. There's gonna be other than other than Barry, which I will watch live. I, well, I'll catch up on Winning Time when the season's over.
0: The, 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 that 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 be an OTVG extra someday. Us going through the HBO Max lineup of 2022
1: how how is that not on the everything elite patreon we gotta be doing monthly tv
0: roundups (laughs) i I mean the problem is is that we'd be doing this i'm like all right okay so i gotta talk about temptation island for for 10 minutes great
1: i love trash tv
0: all right i watch dragon gate hey (laughs) hey The, the dragon gate as proven this weekend at fukuoka with their double shot dragon gate's pretty good right now we're in a good spot so hey let's not let's not compare temptation island to dragon gate even though there is a lot of passion in both
1: i i would say if i had to describe these two fukuoka shows in one tagline this was a weekend of easy breezy beautiful wrestling a lot of very simple stuff these two shows flew by i had one match on the spreadsheet which coming away from a fukuoka weekend is a great weekend so yeah, there's there's a lot to like here. There's a, a lot that I want to talk about that happened on these shows and there's a lot as we head into what is going to be an insane month of May that we will be, you know, the place to go to both audio. I'm trying to figure out assuming we get King of Gate uploads on YouTube, which as of right now, I I have no reason to think that we aren't going to I am going to try to figure out a way to cover those in writing as well as my usual cork and Hall and big show reviews. So there's a lot to look forward to, and I liked some of the crumbs that were sprinkled in throughout these two shows. So normally, when a Fukuoka weekend comes up, I think you and I kind of scratch our heads a little bit and go, OK, well, we, we've got to record for at least an hour. That seems to be very fair to the audience. What are we going to talk about for an hour? I think we're going to be able to do that this week. There's There's a lot to discuss
0: yeah and even though i watched this on very few hours sleep coming across a trans uh national plane flight that the mask mandate came down right in the middle of that was weird that was weird did you get a
1: notification that people ripped their masks off mid-flight
0: no the 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 pilot came on and did it and then people ripped it off and i'm like nah i'm keeping mine on this lets you know i don't want to talk to you
1: that's that's very good i think so so the mask mandate was also lifted on public transportation, which uh, was a, a a different mandate at least in Chicago, and that got lifted today as well. And I believe that is the first time since the pandemic has started that that has gone away. So that was in effect for two full years. Didn't go away last summer at all. And while I'm in, I'm incredibly pro public transportation, I love it to death. I love my CTA workers for the time being, for numerous reasons, I am keeping my mask on on public transit.
0: I just, like, that's just, like, one of those, like, places that, you know, I feel like that, a poorly ventilated gym, I feel like those are, like, the obviouses. Like, like unless you're just someone that, you know, we can't tell you nothing. Like, those, I think that's a common sense kind of thing. And, and plus, when I'm on a plane, I immediately put my headphones in, and I and having the mask on really lets people know that hey, I do not want to make friends with my next my next seat neighbor, you know. So the mask is just going to stay in, and I won't get sick. You know, yeah. it just competes. It does multiple things. It's a Swiss Army knife for me.
1: I walk through life trying to be as unapproachable as possible because. There's no bad story that starts with I was being left alone and I continued being left alone. So many bad stories start with I was approached by blank, blank, and blank. I looked, it was described me by a friend perfectly. I look just mean enough and just poor enough not to mess with. It's not worth it. I don't have anything you want. I'm going to be too big of a hassle. I have deep down unchecked rage that I don't, I don't, I I keep it deep down for a reason. And so I I keep the mask on, I keep the hood up, I typically have a baseball hat on. I am not looking for friends when I'm out in public. I am looking to get from point A to point B in an efficient manner as humanly possible.
0: You see, people look at me and they think I'm sad because I have like resting sad shit.
1: Yeah, oh my God, I get asked what's wrong constantly and I'm in a great mood when that happens.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just because I just... You know, it's the same thing. Like everyone was asking well, why I wasn't crying at the wedding. It was a beautiful wedding. I'm just not, a, this is not a thing I do. You, yeah, when was the last time you cried? The last time I cried, uh, probably in my early 20s when I had a full on psychological breakdown.
1: Wait, wait, <laughs> it's, it's been a decade since you've cried, not to expose your age, but it's been a decade since you've cried.
0: That I can remember? No, no, oh, no, 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 hell, no, 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 no. Sorry, uh, 2016.
1: Okay, all right. I'll, yeah, I, I won't. I won't ask further questions given the yeah. tone of 2016. But that's still that's six years ago.
0: Not much a crier.
1: I'm gonna make you cry by the end of this podcast. <laughs> you're not That's my goal. Baby. Hey, stay tuned. You, we got a Hello Fresh read, and I'm gonna make Mike cry. This is gonna be a good episode.
0: <laughs> we'll we'll see about that one. Uh, yeah, like th- these were very easy watches. Uh, it, it got to a point with some of the, the stuff in the evening show that you know watching them, ba- well, watching two shows back to back, regardless, is always going to be like a level of, of a time sink, and you're going to get kind of fidgety. But I didn't have anything on these shows under three stars. Then again, there's stuff I don't rate, and we'll get to it with the stuff I didn't rate. But everything here was just really good, and it continued the stuff here and really felt like it was building multiple things for multiple times at for multiple people. So I felt like that this was, for Fukuoka, this was a very useful Fukuoka show and not a show that I wish, that, that I just want to get over with.
1: I enjoyed the first show a little bit more than the second. The second had some, some matches that I, I didn't love, but the first show flew by starting with that opening match.
0: Yeah, so let's get right into it. The opening match was, it was Gold Class versus Unaffiliated, and it was Kota Minora, Naruki Doi, Kaito Ishida, of course, with Minorita versus Big Boss Shimizu and UT of Natural Vibes, along with Unaffiliated Kuma Fujiwara. And it was Kodama Minora pinning Fujiwara of the R three hundred one in eleven minutes and twenty eight seconds. And boy, they just decided to kick off the day with a belter, didn't they?
1: Yeah, this is this is good stuff. This is one of those positives where you see Fujiwara in a lineup, and you go, oh, okay, this is this is going to be good. That's just the weird baseline that he's hit right now. And this is specifically one of those matches that I found to be very exciting because it was the first time they wrestled a few times on house shows in various tag settings, but this was the first time that I had seen Kaito Ishida and Takuma Fujiwara wrestle one another. And in the same way that Fujiwara has done it with Diamante and with Dragon Daya and the limited interactions he's had with Masaki Mochizuki, Kaito Ishida was another one where I was like, Oh, that's okay. That's a match. I want to see Ashida Fujiwara. Let's get them in an arena where they can make that match happen because their chemistry, they started off the match, their chemistry throughout really, really strong. And it's another one of those guys as we go throughout this year, next year, five years from now, there there could be a program there immediately. And I would trust that they could carry it just off the interactions in this uh, opening tag.
0: Yeah, uh, Takuma just had some 2010 Aita chops, you know, mm, like, like yeah. some... Like, some ones that had, like, a different sound, they could tell they hurt extra lo- <laughs> extra much. Like, extra much. They hurt, hurt an extra bit. Uh, he, the thing with Takuma Fujiwara, and it's something that I feel like one of the fun things about him is us kind of reckoning with him in real time. I really do enjoy that. I'm convinced now that they are just going to just just let him do what he can do until they give him a reason not to. Like, there's there's not going to be a slump with him. I feel like I feel like that they that, that that he's done enough for them to have the faith that they're not going to do the little bit of the pullback at least as soon as you know how a lot of rookies get that pullback very soon after their first strong push. Like it feels like that they're just going to let him go without the training wheels, and he he max maxes up well with everyone in this match, and it just was a fun op- fun three and a quarter star opener that really highlighted again how dynamic Takuma Fujiwara is and is only 20 years old.
1: Well, we talk about chapters a lot with these young wrestlers on the roster and how Dragate has a knack for letting these guys successfully write the first chapter of their story. Kamei was a great rookie. Kakuta was a great rookie. You look at this future class, the hype that we had around Ricky and Ishin, around Fuda and Sato very early on in their career, and as you saw, not with SP Kenta, but with his contemporaries and Kakuta, and especially, especially Kamei, there was that second chapter where once they're placed into a unit, once they are wrestling above that young boy level, now they're a small fish in a big pond. We see Dragon Gate wrestlers sometimes struggle with Chapter 2, and greatness can be defined in many ways. Greatness can come about at any point in people's careers, look at Diamante, look at KZ, some of these late bloomers on the roster. Chapter two can be tough. What we've seen with Fujiwara is that his chapter two, and arguably arguably with the way he's been pushed, his chapter three, with the Brave Gate match, the Diamante match, he has not stumbled yet. It's been remarkable. And he is someone who, like you said, I, I, don't, I don't see how there can be a waiting period. I actually wanted to ask you because I, I think... Not that he's going to be winning titles anytime soon, not that he's even going to be pinning big names anytime soon. But I do think there is momentum with him and enough buzz around him to where he is going to be best served being thrusted into the Dragon Gate ecosystem sooner rather than later. This guy has his gear, he has his colors, but he needs a unit. And if you've got the pencil, you it away from Ultimo and Genki Horiguchi right now, and you say, Cork and Hall next week, we're getting Fujiwara a unit, where are you putting him right now?
0: I am not putting him in any of the pre-established units. <laughs>
1: You're okay, please explain.
0: <laughs> uh, Natural Vibes is perfect, doesn't need another person to it, uh, too young for the heel turn, and wouldn't be served, doesn't serve what Zebrats really needs uh high end boy that's a that that's a big way to lose any enthusiasm i have for him could Uh, could
1: do you think he could bring high end to something worthwhile that's something i wanted to ask you a little bit later an idea that i had for a high end fujiwara being placed under the unit we get some some fujiwara dragon kid kagatora six mans does that do anything for you
0: yeah, because it doesn't have the people needed. I've I have a lot of problems with. So yeah, <laughs> that trio by itself. Uh, the, the the grapple guys can go do their own thing. But I just it just doesn't. I I I just now just have it's just a personal bias against a high end that's only going to be ended when it's over. So, Which
1: you know is going to be twenty twenty five. High right, end's not going yeah. anywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. So if you think of it, that, I sound unfair and bitter now. Wait for twenty twenty four. Wait. I and, was wait. I
1: was looking at some results yesterday. And I realized just how deep Tribe Vanguard ran. I was looking at World 2019 for something. Yeah. And I, I realized Tribe Vanguard's in the Twin Gate match, and I was just flabbergasted by that. I just can't—I can't imagine Tribe—I I didn't like Tribe Vanguard in 2017, but 2019 Tribe Vanguard is
0: just a dark, dark place. Well, you, you had Kai and UT— so, you know, people that weren't in original Tri-Vanguard with that. Uh, no, the, the bright spot was, uh,
1: like I will continue to say, let history remember it, the Kagatora UT Maria trio right. that was doing undercard six man tags. I was like, hey, this is this is awesome. It's this Yamato guy I have an issue with.
0: Yeah. So what did I leave out then? Uh, gold, gold, class- gold class and D courage. Uh, d if we're going to, like, d is the route, honestly. Decourage okay. is the route. Like, because I view them as their own thing and not a unit. I would have them with d man. You know, he already has colors that can represent, uh, Daya and Yoshioka and have the lime green for him, you know?
1: That's or, a great like, point.
0: It, it's already partway there.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. He doesn't need to change his gear all that much.
0: Right, right. yeah, so, I, I, I guess outside, of like, unit things... I mean, we're now about three weeks out, maybe four from when we'll start to get a sense of uh, King of Gate stuff. I think at this point, it would be a just a miscarriage of justice if Takuma Fujiwara doesn't make King of Gate this year. And if he makes King of Gate, I would be awful tempted to get it, make him ha- be at least one for four, you know? Give him one win in King of Gate and not have him be like the usual rookie zero point uh just experiences
1: so we should know the king of gate lineup next week at corrigan hall that is the plan is for them to announce oh, so they're it actually then. announcing
0: it then okay Th- yeah that,
1: that is that is the idea that is what jay said on uh alan alan forrell's pro-rest paradise last week so unless something changes we should get at the very least we'll get king of gate lineups names being announced i you know that's I i hadn't thought about well with the, the with with the with the way they do their schedule, I bet they announce the King of Gate matches and then just leave all the undercard stuff up to bell time.
0: Right. Yeah. It, I would it, hope. And they would announce the opening day stuff at court. Yes, which so. uh, we'll,
1: we'll talk about opening day King of Gate stuff in a minute cuz I've got a, a whole thing planned on that, but I, I'm with you. I think DeCourage is the route. I I think there's so many interesting things that could happen with King of Gate this year, and Fujiwara being in it is number one with a bullet. If that happens, I am so in on this tournament in a way that I wasn't even expecting myself to be, because the King of Gate lineup, if it's anything less on paper than excellent, it is a massive disappointment, and that is because the roster is so talented right now. There's so many small things that I like, so many different guys that I'm interested in right now. This is going to be such an interesting tournament because they could, they could run a 24-man King of Gate, and they could leave guys out. They could leave out a Kondo or a Maria or an Estrella, guys that might not be the best wrestlers in the world or a Fuji or a Mochizuki, but guys that are more than capable of wrestling in a high level singles tournament. The roster is so deep at this point that those guys are in jeopardy of falling off. So I don't know if we're going to get Fujiwara in there or not, but I know if he is in there, that immediately becomes my most anticipated part of King of Gates.
0: Yeah, I guess it matters like and also if they're going to be doing knockout, pure knockout like they've done the last few years or if they're willing to do a if they're willing to go back to block play for good. You know, so so I mean, it, it, there's a lot of ways that can really go with that. That I mean, looking you know. at
1: well, they they did they did block play last year,
0: yeah, and, but less and people, and
1: less people, yeah. But looking at the schedule for that, you know, they've got Korkin, they've got Kobe, Sambo Hall, they've got the Triple Shot and Hokkaido, and then they've got that Osaka number two show at the end of May with what I'm assuming will be the King of Gate Finals June second and Corkin. So I am expecting block play and a big conclusion in osaka and tokyo at the end of may and beginning of june
0: yeah no that that would make the most sense to me uh do you have anything else on the opener
1: it was very good it's on youtube go watch it
0: yep yeah i mean three and our three quarter stars match just thrown up on youtube you, you, you gotta check it out i i think we should talk about the next match and everything around it all is one right now i think case does that work for you please all right So. On the afternoon show, we had a singles match: Masaki Mochizuki defeating Stan Ichikawa in 13 seconds with a lariat. Uh, Stalker often does a Stan Hansen impression, including an, a theme that goes uh, "William Tell Overture" right into "Sunrise," which always pops me. And then across the next two shows, uh, Ichikawa, at least by my count. Five times tried to get the match restarted. He finally got it restarted right before intermission on the evening show and lost again. But this time in five minutes and 44 seconds to an arm lock. And actually what was kind of a competitive uh, for a soccer kind of match with Mochizuki.
1: Loosely competitive. Yes. Yeah. Certainly more competitive than I thought it was going to be. Jay had an interesting note on Twitter, something that I never would have realized had he not pointed it out, that this was the first time that Ichikawa had wrestled and across Fukuoka in 22 years. Uh, Toriyaman ran this venue November 30th, 2000. This is on the Dragon Gate Network. And let me let me run down some stuff on this show because it's not a show that I remember, but it is a show that I'm going to go back and watch. Opening match... All caps Saito versus Rio Saito. Does that sound like a lot of fun to you?
0: Oh, that sounds fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, especially that, that, that airs, that's that's
1: clipped, but that airs. So I I need to check that out as the all caps Saito guy. Now match two, I need your help with, and I don't know if you'll be able to provide the help, but match number two is Azteca versus Utaka Fukuda. Any idea who either of those guys are?
0: So Azteca was someone that is a luchador that came around a lot in those early days. Like was definitely part of the Knockabout troop. Uh let uh who was the uh other one that uh and Azteca sadly if it is the Azteca that I think it is, it uh, Azteca no, that's a different Azteca. Gosh, uh, the, there's an Azteca that passed away in 2003, but I don't think that's him.
1: No, this is he, he's uh, he's 51 years old, wrestling, still wrestling for a pro wrestling Kageki, which sounds like something that perverts like you would watch.
0: Oh, you've never heard. Okay, so that's so different Azteca then. Pro wrestling Kageki, that's like an old school, that was like one of the original, like real sleaze feds. Yeah, no, it sounds horrible just looking at the logo
1: looking at yeah. some of these cards it sounds like something i am just not interested in
0: and, and that other guy that name doesn't ring a bell at all
1: uh yeah that uh that uh was a uh, yutaka fukuda who weirdly wrestled on this show in 2000 for Torimon, and then in 2010 wrestled two different next shows which is a really strange career that other than that was an Osaka pro, but uh, not someone's work I'm familiar with. But I thought that was interesting. And then that show is headlined by a six-man tag that I need to check out. I think I've seen this before. It's big name, so I would imagine I have a Kid Genki and Magnum Tokyo versus uh, Shima Fuji and Sua. That for 2000 is as loaded of a six-man tag as you can get.
0: Yeah, no, that rocks. All right. So I was thinking about someone else who was a luchador that was over all the time, not Azteca who, was, who's been the promoter for Pro Wrestling Kageki forever? They don't even have a Twitter pred, a Twitter presence. Pro Wrestling Kageki. I, I I appreciate that a lot.
1: Oh, good. No more. More wrestling companies should do that.
0: Holy shit! No, this can't be who <laughs> I think it is. Who is their champion right now? Uh, hold on. Hold who do we on. have? Okay, we d- d- we d-
1: we dug in a cage match early on this show. Who was the Pro Wrestling Kageki champion?
0: Uh, it, it's Satoshi Ogawa, and I thought that was someone else when I saw it uh who also has a okay i'm gonna click a link here okay so i'm gonna i'm a, i the, the, this is this really oh I, I i do not have permission to access backslash user backslash macho man on this server where are you sending me cage match where are you sending me uh yeah so this guy was trained by a azteca and his other one is a link to a all right this is hilarious this is toshio Gawa guy is a his uh Amiblo uh blog, but by Ameba has just pot leaves all over it. How like, yeah! Like, and, and that's usually something that could be like a stylistic thing in Japanese culture. Like, like Hugh Darvish got like bad buzz when he first came over to text to the Rangers because he had on a T-shirt that had a pot leaf on it. So. The fact that that this is all over this guy's blog page is really, really cool, I have to say.
1: Well, a happy 422, people who are listening to this episode on the day that it came out. As for uh, Stalker Hansen versus Masaki Mochizuki, a delightful affair. I love anything with Konamami Chikawa, Masaki Mochizuki, or Stan Hansen, and this combined all three into a series of very fun matches.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a nice little thing that imagine if you had the tickets for both sides of the doubleheader, and it's just like, well, and a friend who didn't go is like, what happened? Well, Stalker kept on wanting to have a rematch.
1: (laughs) It's long-term storytelling. Actually, learn something about it. (laughs)
0: Uh, Match three, we had another unaffiliated trios match, but this one had more unaffiliation with it. Ultimo teaming with the high-end pair of Dragon Kid and Benke versus Eita, Yosuke, San Maria, and Ishin Ahashi. Benke went through Ishin with a spear in 11 minutes and 45 seconds. And Bud, Ishin's starting to look a little bit more like Ben by the day. But like that really struck me especially that it's the haircuts the, the haircuts are too similar in my opinion
1: yeah Ben K is doing a thing where he's starting to look different on almost every show again but there is I, I I'm so curious to see five years from now what Hashi is because there's there's a few different directions this car- career could go and you've been very bullish on him I like him a lot I like these young Gate powerhouses. I think the roster does well when they have a few guys like that in the mix. There's, I, I'm still very high on Ricky. I think Ricky, assuming he comes back ever at this point, has major headline star potential to him, just given the charisma that he radiates. Ishan is a guy who I think will be very valuable to, say, a King of Gate tournament five years from now. Somebody who can go in there and consistently have good matches because he's been doing that as a, as a rookie. We've seen him in a variety of situations, a variety of partners, variety of styles of matches, which is incredible given how young he is in his career. And he continues to keep his head above water and, and his interactions with Ben K here were no different.
0: Yeah. I've been really impressed with Ishan this weekend, like he had a very good day in Fukuoka, in my opinion, it was something guys see a lot of him. It's going to be interesting. You brought the five years thing. So he is twenty-four. He's a very young looking twenty-four, I would say. Yes. I'm gonna be fascinating on like, like how he looks like when he turns thirty. Because this is a guy who he he has the look that I feel like that people go like, oh, he'll powerhouse. But there is something about him that you kind of could kind of see him like 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 Shigihiro Irie in a way, if that makes sense. Hopefully he surrounds himself with smarter people, but yes, he could look like him right but 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 you get like the sense that he kind of has like a little bit of like a rampaging bull in a China shop kind of thing with him but he showed some different edges on the show actually more so on the evening show but he's a fascinating one he's someone that the more I see him and the more that he's kind of and, and with whatever the situation of Ricky is I don't know he's taking advantage of it you know I don't think this is a Darius and Dante Martin kind of thing but I Ishan's really put Put the best foot forward since his brother's uh, disappearance from shows. Yeah,
1: there's one blemish on this match where where Dragon Kid, uh, Ben K sets Ishan up to take a 619, and Ishan kind of bounces his neck off the top rope and then isn't in position for the 619. And Dragon Kid connects with nothing, and then they just kind of reset and have Ultimo do his offense on Ishan. And Joe gagney tweeted that out, and even out of context, but especially in the midst of the match. It is so shocking to see an error that big and it it was just wrong place, wrong time. Ishan's body was off by half a step and it completely threw the spot into disarray. But it really goes to show how good these rookies are that were, you know, these guys debuted in September. I can't do that math. They're what, seven months into their career or so? And this is right. the first time where we can visibly point to an Ahashi Brother spot and go, that wasn't supposed to be that way which is really, really impressive. I want to get existential for a second, second Mike. Can I ask you a, a deep question that I was thinking about during this match?
0: I'm kind of terrified about what this question may be, that this match prompted it, but yeah, go ahead.
1: I'm going to ask the question, I'm going to have you answer, and then I'll explain why I'm asking it. Mike Spears, are we broken, you and I?
0: I can't speak for you, but yes, I'm a fundamentally broken person. For Um, sure. There's there's a reason this
1: podcast exists, my man. Case,
0: (laughs) you said that I'm someone who has, like, supreme command of their senses and their body. Of course I know I'm broken.
1: I was watching Ata wrestle Dragon Kid in this match. A very emotional time for me. Anytime those two step in the ring with one another. And I started thinking about their rivalry in 2018. Yamato versus Kai, which is a three-year arc that was paid off at Final Gate. And I went to the Voices of Wrestling Discord and I asked what the top storylines or feuds have been since the OWE split, which we're coming up on three years of, which is, or four years of, which is amazing to think. But Jay said something, and I will I will plug the podcast yet again. If you have not listened to Jay on Alan Farrell's Pro Wrestling Paradise I said it is the best podcast I've heard in years. I mean that. It's a three-hour show that I listened to in one sitting. It flew by. It is fascinating on a number of levels. But they started talking about the Dragon YouTube channel at one point, and Jay said something that I had felt but I hadn't been able to articulate, which is that the way they upload these matches onto YouTube for longtime fans Obviously, like Jay, who's been watching longer than all of us, you who you have a decade on me, and, and me who has been covering this promotion, I will we'll be generous and say monthly, if not daily, for seven years now. We get jaded. We don't get surprised by almost anything. Uh, and and we become a little cynical. And what these YouTube uploads have done, they have brought out the fan in us once again. I get so excited about these YouTube uploads, these house show matches, because there's something new. We have not seen these since 2014, when I started watching this promotion, every show, uh, we have not seen stuff like what's being uploaded. It's very exciting for hardcore fans like us. But the reason I ask if we're broken is that the things that people went back to were Eitan Drang Kid Yamato versus Kai, and then Ishida versus Okuda, which I feel like we, we really carried the water on that feud. But the two biggest singles feuds in the last four years we did not enjoy and i wonder if that's us being too cool for school or i wonder if this promotion is just so loaded and their top end stuff for whatever reason over the past few years hasn't connected with us that was kind of rambly that was a bit of a monologue but i hope you understand the point that i'm trying to make
0: oh for sure and i i mean let's take those two feuds and Let's just take a minute and discuss why at least, like, our reaction is that way. Dragon Kid and Ata just didn't have heat to it. It was a huge mask feud, and it was supposed to be something that was built up for years, really, with Ata begging uh, Dragon Kid to join over-generation as his maestro. Just went on kind of forever. Didn't have much heat, and that was the big storyline while Pac was champion, so they could get out of having Pac defend the, me- the belt when over the Christmas holiday. So I, you know, that it's just one of those things that for me, I just, I, I look at that feud, I look at all the buildup and it just wasn't really, I would say deserving of the buildup just because of of the uh, heat there. And that kind of rolls over to the uh, Yamato and Kai feud, you know, because that one went on pretty much since uh, Kai came into the promotion. So I, I guess the, the thing, to me, like like when we like you look at these three feuds, the thing they really have in common is they lasted for a long time.
1: Yeah, it's, i it's I got a little self-conscious thinking about it because you know, we loved Ishida and Akuda, and we loved Shun Skywalker and Daya and Diamante and the dissolution of RED and Masquerade. But the two things that Drangate has so clearly presented as these are the biggest feuds, this is the biggest thing happening in the company. We, we weren't hot on either of those. I I hate Dragon Kid Ata matches. I don't think they have chemistry, which is crazy given how often they wrestle one another. I just don't think they work well together. Yamato and Kai, same story. I've said before, Kai's best wrestler, his best opponent is UT. And we're not getting Kai versus UT for the Dreamgate belt, which is a damn shame, but kai was positioned with a guy who he just doesn't work very well against but i wanted to check myself i want to see if we were being too cool for school If the the mainstream this is what it is this is the main event are are we uh, subconsciously not enjoying that because it's what's being pumped out to us with the most spotlight on it or are they weirdly just not good kind of an AEW situation with their world title where that never feels like the most important thing on the big shows Drangate sort of has that going on for them with my own personal enjoyment, where the top feud is never what I'm most into. And that is a problem that they've had really since that OWE split, where whether it's Kid versus H or it's Yamato versus Kai, those are the two prolonged singles feuds at the top of the card. Those have not done anything for me, even if in December, there's a, a, a version of history where we're applauding this company for doing this prolonged, in-depth, kai versus yamato feud that ended with kai going over which on paper sounds very exciting but an execution just never got there for me and i think i think we're right i think we're okay for not enjoying that as much as maybe the company would have uh, anticipated us to maybe as much as other people didn't do but i want to check in i know we're fundamentally broken i did just want to make sure that we're not being a little too hipster a little too cool for school I think our tastes are rooted in correctness there. And I think as time goes on, if we revisit that sort of stuff, I don't think we're going to love it. I think in the moment we got it right and in the future, history will reflect that.
0: And as we've just witnessed Case talking himself through the Web and Mitchell, are we the baddies gift? (laughs) Oh boy, Mike. (laughs) <laughs> I I that that was the thing it's like, are we off face off face? And the, the only thing that was in my head was uh was David Mitchell saying, Are we the baddies? We are the baddies. Yeah. Uh so uh we have, <laughs> I, I mean I'd like to send the baddies row. I mean come on, Oh my row. god,
1: I I'm all about the baddies row. What a what a phenomenal gimmick.
0: Yeah. Uh match four, D Courage, uh Dragon Die and Yuki Yoshioka defeat high-end Yamato and Akuda Yoshioka hit the frog splash on Akuda and I was three and a half for this. I was three and a half for the one before that. Uh, this was like the most summer venture tag league match. And we've talked about this for a while. I was like, wow, they're just really putting out more and more summer venture tag league matches. But I thought this was, this was a whole lot of fun, but I just couldn't escape its strapping.
1: So this is what I wanted to ask about high end. Obviously there's the, the possible future reality that we live in where Fujiwara joins this unit. I don't think it's likely, but I think it's something that needs to be discussed. Would a Yamato, Kaisuke, Okuda tag team, let's say we're in July, it's the hot period of the summer, the biggest show of the year is coming up, and we see Yamato and Okuda, instead of K and Okuda, get a prolonged push as a tag team, and all of a sudden we're heading into Ultimo's anniversary show and Kobe World Pro Wrestling Festival, and it's D-Courage versus Yamato and Okuda for the Twin Gate Belts, does that salvage high-end in your mind at all, or are you just writing them off entirely?
0: No, I, I'm done. I'm completely done. I know Yamato is one of the best tag-team wrestlers of his generation. A tag-team Fukuda should be great, but it doesn't do anything to help high-end. That, that, that's just another thing in Yamato's—that's another feather in Yamato's cap in his tag-team work, right? Yeah, I would. I would really like to see that team
1: to a point where if they if they want to give these guys a run, because I would. I would like to see a rematch of this match in a bigger setting. Because I I thought these teams worked very well together. I went three and a half stars. D Courage continues to be very entertaining. I would like to see what Yamato and Akuda could do. I think these guys bring out the best in one another. I still think about how much I enjoyed. Their King of Gate match last year in this building, no less, because it brought out a side of Yamato that we don't get to see a ton anymore. This sort of grapply, mat-based, Pancrase-inspired Yamato, which is what I enjoy from him. Very rarely in wrestlers do I encourage them to take it down to the mat and grapple. God forbid, quite frankly. But with Yamato, I, I enjoy that aspect of his game. And I would like to see he and Akuda combat that from a tag team setting. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't get the impression that's the direction they're going to go. But on a personal level, I would be very intrigued by that.
0: Yeah, no. I And I think it's something that, you know, with how Yamato likes to work and like that, giving him basically the blonde him to team with might be the best case scenario for that. Uh, after the match, soccer came out again. This was one of the multiple times he begged for that restart. Semi-main event, Jason Lee... Tagging of Strong Machine J versus Z. Brad's BB Hulk and Heo Heo pins Strong Machine J with the neko Damashi roll up. And Jason, man, Jason is just—he's on another level. But it's also something where I'm actually like getting and feeling really sad for Jason at this point.
1: That, that's, it's hard I'm glad not, you, to. I'm it's glad glad not to. It's hard not to be empathetic that.
0: towards Jason Lee at this point. He's so—he's so good at portraying that.
1: That—that's the thing. Shune, of course, Shun Skywalker has been phenomenal since October, November, whatever the derangeness of Skywalker kicked in, home run every single time out. Both in the dissolution of Masquerade and now whatever is going on here, which will be decided next week at Cork and Hall when Jason Lee finally, uh, it appears he'll join a unit. Jason's charisma, his character work, The way that he's intertwined his in-ring into that, I I raved last week about how Shun Skywalker has had such a a drastic departure from the wrestler that he was in order to get this character over. Jason Lee's isn't as extreme, but there's an argument to be made, and I might be the one to make it, that Jason's doing the best work of his career. And this is a guy who at this time last year, we did our Dead or Alive review, and I said, this is the best junior in Japan. Until Hiromu proves that he can stay healthy, and that he could be the wrestler that he once was. To me, Jason Lee is the best junior heavyweight in Japan, and I've watched recent Hiromu, and he's had some good matches, but I don't think he's on Jason Lee's level anymore. I don't. I don't think anybody is. In terms of the junior heavyweight style, in-ring, Jason Lee is as good as it gets, and now he's added this layer of fascinating, and I'll use your word, empathetic character work that is so, so valuable in this company. I think a lot of that what Jay said the last time we talked to him, which is that keep letting him cut promos in Japanese. He will be a big star. And this is the work of somebody that is ready to be a big star.
0: Yeah, and it's something that just really like just like sticks out now, like Jason's work, even in a company with such a high working standard, you see what Jason's doing and it's like, wow, this is actually something really really special uh the match itself everything was fine like the work was good but i mean this was really a match where we got to the finish and then we wait we waited to see what shun was going to do which was basically kidnap jason and drag him to the back lift him up like a potato sack and jason trying to do whatever he could to get out of uh, shun's grasp
1: seeing the main event start with shun skywalker carrying jason lee on his shoulders. It turned me into a real life Twitter account where I was screaming and crying in my living room at the sight of this, but it was almost in a very literal sense. I cackled like a madman at the sight of Shun carrying Jason Lee like a bag of potatoes to the ring for this main event. Their stuff is just so so good and it's going to be very interesting. You know, this is a feud. It's it's happening a lot on house shows. They haven't had their signature big match yet. It's not a main event feud. You could argue Shun is being downcycled right now after his Dreamgate run last year, and Jason Lee is a guy for as talented as he is. He is still incredibly underrated. So in a year where, just like with Rookie of the Year, we know that Hook is taking home that award, and we just hope that Takuma Fujiwara can get second Obviously, CM Punk versus MJF is the front runner, and I think deservedly so, as I talked about with Mike Spears on the Everything Elite Patreon about a month ago, that is the feud of the year. But as we go along, let's not lose sight of how good this Shoon versus Jason stuff is. I hope they have a massive singles match. I hope this is just uh th- this this tag match at Corka next week is another chapter in an unfinished story. I really hope these guys spend most of the year attached at the hip because the work they're doing right now is world class, and if people who had a clue and people who had more influence than us had eyeballs on this promotion, I think as a whole our wrestling bubble would be raving about this feud. But it's happening on the wrong shows and not in front of the right audience.
0: Yeah, I mean that th- that's the shame about you know. I mean jay's talked about this both with us NFL, and Fallon about the abs and flows right here, like because this is really unique stuff that is going on here, but it's just not going to get the eyeballs. But it's going to be something that. Down the line, we talk about the comp DVD. The comp DVD of this feud will be the one that, or the files, or however they look at it in the future. But however they do it, this will be like the thing that like future wrestlers, like, you should watch this thing because the character work here was insane and you people can get something out of it. And I think that that's probably the best results, but we're just not going to be around for it, I guess. Uh, I, I, I
1: don't think I've seen a character with what Skywalker's doing, I don't think I've character, I don't think I've seen a character play derangement this well since Kevin Steen turned on El Generico. And I am by no means ready to compare Shun Skywalker versus Jason Lee and let's lump in Dragon Die and coach Minora into that. By no means am I comparing that to Steen versus Generico, but I also think we have a lot of story left untold and we more importantly have blow off matches that haven't happened yet, but the similarities, of Steen compared to Skywalker and the empathetic nature, especially of Jason Lee, more so than Daya and Minora, just because those guys landed on their feet so quickly. But the empathetic nature of Jason Lee is very similar to the vibes that El Generico gave off. So I I think they are in the pocket right now. I hope this is a match that that we see at Kobe World or on a big show later this year. These guys deserve the spotlight. And I I think the company has enough faith in them to where they will get that at some point.
0: Yeah, for sure. It might be a King of Gate thing. It might be just a special singles match. You know, maybe a May King alive. of Gate,
1: baby. May King of Gate Cork and Hall. Boy, oh boy, am I excited. Oh, yeah. It's,
0: it's even sooner than I thought. Can't wait for it. Uh, you, you talked about the main event. Let's get into that. Uh, Natural Vives versus Z Brats. It was KZ, Sasumi Okosuka, Gigi Horiguchi, Jackie Funky Kame versus Kai, SB, Kento, Diamante, and Shun Skywalker with Jason Lee. Shun got the win with the SSW on Ginky in 14 minutes and 44 seconds. And there's just something of that that I really, really enjoy about whenever we get to see JFK and SBK in the ring together. And we got a lot of that in this match.
1: You you took the talking point right out of my mouth. You know, the great thing about Gate is the way they are able to heat up and cool down things, seemingly... Uh, on demand and these were guys who obviously had their now infamous Bravegate match in october and kobe they did the rematch in december in cork and cork hall and then they did not touch until february 6th on a house show uh, a, a very small house show and then they are just now getting back in the ring with one another they wrestled each other on the 4th on the 8th and then again on this show on the 17th so this matchup feels fresh once again they did that match in december and they gave them two months of being in entirely different matches they never touched and we're seeing it here where this felt really fresh and there was a lot to like about this match kamei versus diamante sb kento versus genki horiguchi but the the highlight of this was like you said it was sb kento versus jackie funky Kame these guys have a special chemistry that will carry this company into the future
0: Right, and uh, talking about the other matchups, so I was pretty happy with the Susumu and Kai face-offs, knowing that they are the uh, next room gate match. I feel like that, I, I'm seeing what I need now to be confident in that match, I, okay. I would say.
1: I, I think they have good chemistry. I think they'll have a good match, but this was a a loaded main event in terms of what I like. Diamante, SB Kento, and Shun, those are my guys. KZ, Susumu, Genki, and Jackie those are my guys, and as I was watching this match, seeing Shun versus KZ, and Diamante versus Kame, and SB Kento versus Kame, all I could think was that Susumu versus Kai feels like such an afterthought, and that maybe goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Something about the main event scene in Dragon Gate just has not clicked with me over the last four years or so, the one raid that did, obviously you had Pac and then you had Shun Skywalker, but it's not like they were engulfed in these, these long-term stories. You know, Ben Kay was, or Pac was there to get Ben Kay the belt. Skywalker was there to have great matches, but there wasn't this long story being told throughout his reign. Kai versus Susumi Yokosuka, there's a story there, and it was, to me, the fourth most important thing in this match. It just, they don't stand out. That's an issue with Kai, He's a good wrestler. In all Japan, he'd be the best on the roster outside of Miyohara. In Noah, he would be a welcome addition to that heavyweight scene. In Dragon Gate, he can hang, but he is being lapped by anyone in his unit not named B.B. Hulk.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's something that this whole reign has been dealt with the way that, like, they give you enough lead-up time to really heat up the title matches, and this is the one that had a little bit of a shorter turnaround, I guess, because I felt like that. Like, we knew that Shimizu was getting next pretty much through December. You called that one. And then, even before that, like, the Yoshida one had a pretty solid build up as well. So, I, I just like look at this. And yeah, when you have people like Diamante there, you have Shun, who just pulls focus. Whenever Shun's in the ring right now, he, put, he pulls focus from everyone else. And then you have the fact that you have two of the strongest baby faces in the generation. And. Uh, KZ and Ginky, and you have their protege who's getting just as good at getting the babyface reactions in JFK, it's going to be hard, you know? And Susumu is not going to be the one that's just as magnamic as the other three. So, when you, so, like, this is a feud that when you, like, you talk about these eight guys in the ring, it's already starting at a trailing deficit, right? Just because of the charisma of both those guys. When you, like, look at the teams, it's just like, oh, yeah, no, okay. So so I totally get where you're coming from there. I just kind of see enough here that I'm like, all right, I guess Kai's holding the belt probably unless we're getting a quick turnaround for King of Gate, he he's there to lose it to Aza at this point for me. And I'm just, you know, I'm just hoping for the good match.
1: I really want by the end of this year to be able to look at a big show and say that the Dreamgate scene, not just a singular match, but the program that led up to that match. Is the most interesting thing happening in Dragon Gate. And I don't think I've been able to say that since Pac's time on top, when it was Pac versus KZ and Pac versus Dragon Kid, and then obviously Pac versus Ben K. The Shun run was awesome. Again, I, I other than Kenny Omega, I thought Shun was the best wrestler in the world last year. But you go through his defenses, he beats Ata, he beats Benkei, he beats Ashida, he beats Sakamoto, he beats Kakuta, he beats KZ. There's, you know, there's some canon with him and Benkei, there's some canon with him and KZ, but those aren't these long-term stories. It's nothing like what he's doing now. Now, Skywalker versus Minoru or Dyer or Jason Lee for the Dreamgate. Now, that's a story that I can get behind, but not since park and even then i'm saying that loosely has the dreamgate been the most interesting thing on the card and my fear is that for as long as kai is champion that is going to be the same story
0: yeah i i think this is kind of the, they're playing the hand they dealt themselves with kai you know and and, and you're right it's just because of other stuff going on is a lot more exciting and it just kind of continues that trend there so
1: I gave this match four stars. This was my match of the weekend. I think it is essential viewing. The finishing stretch with Kame and SB Kento and Genki Horoguchi getting it on the fun. It's been a, it's been a minute since we have seen Horoguchi really involve himself in a big match in a big setting, and him getting involved in the finishing stretch here was awesome to see. Go watch this match. The Z versus Natural Vibe stuff hits on almost every show. I think far more than gold class versus high end, which we'll talk about with the evening show. So show one in Fukuoka, very enjoyable in my book.
0: Yeah, it's three and three quarters. There's something on the evening card I like just a a smidge more. And the post-match, which is worth mentioning because it played into the evening show. uh, Jason still didn't escape, and Shun Skywalker got into this long, drawn-out thing with Rio saito saying i want to team with jason he's like well we got some time until the match we'll find some time he's like i will team with him tonight well uh we have the cards already made for that no i'm going to do this well i guess that's what's going to happen and then stalker came out trying to get another restart so th- they really have gone long like the one thing i'll say about these shows is they went long on the mic talking very much post-match. so yeah Support for Open the Voice Gate is brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make cooking, f- home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit in case... It, it's something that with HelloFresh that it's all about the convenience, not only the ingredients come pre portioned, So you're not overbuying or wasting food. That's a terrible thing. Like I'll go and I think, okay, I'm going to get through this big bag of salad before it goes back. And it never happens. Always. I'm always like wasting one bowl of salad, but never with HelloFresh because you're not overbuying or wasting food, but it's easier than ever to get filling mem- meals on the table with a snap, like options like family friendly or quick and easy recipes.
1: The beautiful thing about HelloFresh is they have a little option called Fit and Wholesome, and you want those recipes because if you're like me, and you grew up in a family where our favorite food group was chips ahoy, you suddenly find yourself as a young adult entering grocery stores, listening to a podcast on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network, and you go, "Huh, I if I wanted to eat healthy, I don't even know where to start." And the beautiful thing about HelloFresh is that they do all of the hard work for you. I get a box delivered to my house every single week with peppers and vegetables and other green food that I have to look at the key to figure out what it is. But with HelloFresh and a little bit of exercise, I am getting my beach body ready. As I've said on this show before, my dream this summer is to cook a HelloFresh meal with a significant other to grab a Mountain Dew Spark and head to Montrose Beach and one day have the confidence to take my shirt off in public, and HelloFresh is supplying me with that confidence.
0: That is both fit and wholesome. <laughs> so, so the way you get the, this order and you get this offer is you use promo code VOW16 at HelloFresh.com. That's that's HelloFresh.com/slash VOW16 with promo codes VOW16 for up to sixteen free meals and three free gifts. Again, HelloFresh.com/slash V-O-W-16, use promo code V-O-W-16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. And Case, when we look at this evening show, uh, th- this is, as I mentioned as we started off, where I felt like that there was stuff here that I liked more than the afternoon show. But this was something that, I mean, it's a downfall. Like, the they're always going to have this issue with the uh, doubleheaders in Fukuoka where you could tell that it's like, all right, y'all are, you're working your whatever match of, of the last five hours. You're going to pick one of the ones to take it easy, you know? And I kind of felt that a little bit with this night show. That's just, you know, things weren't hitting as hard as I thought the, uh, m- the afternoon show was.
1: Well, you look at the opening match, for example, I mean, we saw, some of these guys kill it in the main event. This was a Z Bratz versus Natural Vibes match that opened up this show with some uh, participants from the main event of the last show. And I didn't think this match was anything special. I, You know, normally on these shows, these Fukuoka double shots, these double headers, we see them take it easy in the afternoon and they work hard in the evening show. This was flipped for the most part. I thought the effort was a little bit higher in the afternoon and matches like B.B. Holkyo and Kai versus uh, Susumu, KZ and Ut. Or a little pedestrian.
0: There was a lot of crawl, crowd brawling on this evening show.
1: Yes, yes, there was.
0: Yeah, I felt like it was all kind of just there. Uh, the finish was Yokosuka with the Yokosuka Cutter on Hio. You know, continue heating up the the uh, the uh, Dreamgate Challenger. Really, not much really going there. Uh, was it Chinsky Nakamura who was in the front row with them? In the post, I, I know
1: that, I know Chinsuke was at these shows because there's a really great picture on Don Fuji's Twitter of Don Fuji and Chinsuke. They were yeah. doing something with leck uh, the Lek Corporation. So I don't, I did not see him in the crowd, but that would not surprise me if he was there.
0: Oh, I mean, the Leck Corporation, the creator of great objects as, as Cleanpa, you know. Uh,
1: well, could you imagine Open the Voice Gate sponsored by Cleanpa? Oh, we have, God. we have people in Japan, we have people, uh, that sometimes listen to the show that have an obsession with clean paw, if we could only get those people to reach out to the let corporation and maybe have uh uh open the voice gate sponsored by them that would be such a terrific thing wouldn't it
0: hey i mean uh mr sponge guy goes to the shows with his kids i mean i would love to talk to the sponge guy i feel like i've said this before case i want to talk to the sponge guy
1: <laughs> and i feel let like me- that can
0: happen <laughs> only with the sponsorship from the let corporation
1: let me ask you mike i'm gonna tie in the opening match with match number two with a bit of broadcasting magic does the date june 2nd 2016 ring a bell
0: yeah when ada got his groove back
1: oh my god like this is why we do this show together mace or i'm sorry june 2nd 2016 king of gate 2016 b block action Ata defeats jimmy susumu and a month after Ata versus tozawa a month before ATA versus Jushin Thunder Liger and ATA versus Yosuke Santa Maria for the Brave Gate Belt, we watched this match and thought, oh my God, ATA's potential is limitless. This guy isn't going to annoy us with lazy heel shenanigans for a few years before being a good wrestler again. This babyface ATA is the guy. And I can't help but think as we progress throughout our future, King of Gate 2019, Aita defeats Susumu yet again in Osaka, King of Gate 2021 in a match that did not air, Aita and Susumu, 20-minute time limit draw. We've seen Susumu Yokosuka make miracles happen before and open the Dream Gate matches. Is there any chance, and I, I beg of you that you tell me there's a chance, that we're getting Ata versus Susumu Yokosuka for the Open the Dream Gate title.
0: I mean, there's a chance, case.
1: Okay, that wasn't believable.
0: I, I I mean, I was going to say there's a chance because there's a chance for everything in this universe.
1: Oh, I I, I don't believe that. I, I think we're pretty <laughs> locked into our possibilities. Of... So, so,
0: <laughs> so 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 case is the Calvinist podcaster, apparently.
1: I don't know what that means. That is above my pay grade. That sounded smart i don't know all i know is that i i for as bad as i i wish it wanted and do it i don't think susumu is going to beat kai for the dream gate
0: yeah yeah it's a nice I mean, thought though yeah because we could see the apocalypses again if it's him versus zeta at kobe world
1: there's just i there's something like i it's it's not gonna happen we're not gonna waste time doing it it's not gonna happen but I, right. I did want to throw that out there
0: could, can we talk about something that did happen and was awesome though?
1: Yes, because I'm going to give you the floor because I saw you post something in the Discord about this match before we started recording, and this is this is your ballpark. Ata versus Ishinohashi. Uh, let's call an isolation, and Mike is going to run the offense here. All
0: right, so this is Ishinahashi's, in my opinion, his best singles match since he started wrestling, and it's something where if I look at the Hashi brothers' matches, were always good, but I don't, but they never stepped away. With me the same way that Takuma does, but this one stepped away with me in a way that I thought that this was a really special little number. So this was kind of worked, and I almost tweeted this, but since I do not have Twitter on my phone anymore, I did I didn't. This is my blueprint for a summer adventure. Technique league match because the first four minutes was just grappling in each and Ishin like showing, hey. I have this I'm better at this than you expect and I was like yeah you are better at this than I expect Ishin go on with this young man and then he started talking shit Ishin Ahashi's favorite thing to do is to be very very chatty and that started to tick Ada off and Ada started to treat him like a young boy and going for Boston crabs until Ishin raged up hit a triple drop kick and then hit a fourth drop kick that was really like him jumping on Ada's stomach which popped me immensely and then Ata did a devastating, wrenching back Boston Crab to about Ishan in 8 minutes and 34 seconds. I have this written down as 3 and 3 quarters. I've talked myself into 4 stars. I love this match, guys. This match, it's everything that I really... Well, well, when I say I like Ishan a little bit more than Riki, this is the kind of stuff I like. I feel like that he actually is a lot more dynamic than people have been able to see so far. And we got to see this in this match.
1: I don't have any counter to that. There's nothing I disagree with. But this is one of those times on Open the Voice Gate where you are a full star higher than I was. I like this match. Thought it was very good. Uh, the uh, the idea of Ato working a singles match on a non quirk and Hall or pay-per-view show makes me a little bit nervous. I never know what kind of effort we're going to get. I thought Ato worked just hard enough to get by Ishinihashi obviously always works his ass off. Thought it was a nice, like you described, veteran versus young boy match. Didn't light my world on fire anywhere near four stars.
0: That's fair. This fair sometimes sometimes matches will hit you in a certain day and scratch a particular itch, and this match hit me today and gave me that itch. So
1: I I, I I love it. I I love when we're off base on something because you know for the most part, yep, three and three quarters here, three and a quarter there, three and a half here. I like this match, but but you saw something in this that I, I did not. So I want to go back and watch this match. We so rarely get eight to singles matches that this is something that should be watched. If you have any sort of investment in him, you know, he, he wrestled Menorah at World last year and then had the singles match with Hyo at Memorial Gate this year, which was kind of a gimmick match. And other than that i i don't believe he's had a singles match since last year as king of gate so it's a very rare at least in, in dragon and noah it's a different story so it's a very rare occurrence where we get these focused Ata matches so i thought it was i thought it was fine i thought it was fine but but uh props to you for
0: enjoying something so much it, it's nice to like things and And let me tell you, there's few things in wrestling that I enjoy more than when someone goes for a move or goes for, like, a dropkick, and if it's in a crater someone, and he, like, maybe took, like, an inch off of Eita's uh, waistline with that last dropkick. It was nasty.
1: Ijin for a powerhouse kind of bowling ball style wrestler, has a beautiful, beautiful dropkick
0: and they know it because they because i could tell they're like hey keep on throwing that drop kick everyone loves the drop kick ishin
1: yeah yeah like Fujiwara, it's like hey bust out that springboard head scissors as much as you can you know that crazy tilt or arm drag that you do why don't you mix in that as much as possible ishin hashi you got a nice drop kick throw that my man
0: <laughs> yeah no i mean th- that's exactly it uh match three i think i think we're going to probably be some Paco on this this was natural vibes versus the new hot tag team of Shun skywalker and jason lee natural vibes was big boss imazoon jackie funky kamei jason lee w- defeated jackie funky kamei with the world's most angsty maximum driver ever in 11 minutes and 22 seconds and what i thought was the match of the weekend i love this
1: masterful Absolutely masterful, and I talked about this in January when Masquerade was dying and Shun Skywalker was doing the full entrance and Menorah and Estrella and Daya and Jason Lee were leaving him hanging. I talked about how it's very easy in wrestling to have partners miscommunicate with one another. That's something we see. That's something if we had to agent a show tomorrow, we could do a very clunky version of of partners on different pages, friendly, fire, etc., 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 and we could tell a story that people would understand. The level of detail and the execution in the finishing stretches of these Shun Skywalker matches, whether it's tearing Masquerade apart or, in this case, bringing Jason Lee closer to Zebrats, this is why, other than CM Punk versus MJF, this is the best feud I've seen this year. This is this is top tier wrestling storytelling where this match starts off with Jason Lee being completely uninterested in teaming with Shun Skywalker. He's not there on double teams. He's not listening to Shun call him into the ring. And by the end of this match, we see less and less reluctance to Jason teaming with this guy by the end. Not only are they hitting double teams, but they look like a well-oiled tag team where they're in the right place at the right time and like you said with that angsty maximum driver all of a sudden Jason Lee has some edge. Jason Lee is is digging into a little bit of uh zebrats. He's he's uncovering a layer of himself that we have not seen in the 5 years that he's been in Drangate between Maximum and the, and the Drangate generation and Masquerade and now this unaffiliated period. He's he's been great the entire time. But it's largely been the same Jason Lee, and even just the ten minutes that this match existed, we saw a new side of Jason Lee. Uh, essential viewing. My second favorite match of the weekend. The storytelling here was through the roof. Shun Skywalker, Shun Skywalker was so fucking good in this match. He is he is the best wrestler in the world that isn't an AEW
0: right it, now. It's, some, it's something where like you had like Shun versus versus Jack, and it was exceptional. And it was, and Jackie was teeing off on him and you could hear sickening chops. This was a sick chop day in the office for Dragon Gate. It, it ended up being that way. But Kamei was chopping him through the shirt and you could not tell it was a shirt anymore. Shirts usually dead in it. No, that was super, super loud. And yeah, as you said, the way that slowly uh, Jason was getting it with the program, like it started with like the first... Kick on the outside where, you know, like where Jason gets, where, the, where someone gets an opponent's head through the ropes and Jason buzz all kicks them. And the first time he went, No, I'm not doing that. But then five minutes later in the match, he hit it and that went straight into the closing stretch. I thought it just was masterful stuff. I was four stars on it. And even someone like Shimizu, who you would think would just be a passenger for the storyline stuff, everything in it was great. Everything in it was exceptional. This was the best match of the weekend, in my opinion.
1: You know, there's a lot more Shun versus. Kamei stuff that I'd like to see because this match starts with with Shun and Kamei in the ring and they go to shake hands. Shun offers his hand out. Kamei slaps it away, but then Shun grabs his hand and squeezes it like he's a bouncer or like he's a high school bully. And it's so mean and it's so... It's uh, it's that theory of why people react to chops as much as they do because nobody has experienced a Tombstone pile driver before, but everybody has been slapped in some way, shape, or form, so it gets a really good reaction on top of the sound that it makes. And Shun just squeezing his hand sucked me into this match from the get-go. I was locked in from that point because that's just a mean thing to do. And then you talked about the chops. Kamei's throwing these overhand, overhand chop, overhand chop, overhand chop, and Shun blows this guy off of his feet with a two-handed chop to the chest, and I jumped off of my couch. It is violent. It is vicious. It looked calculated. Shoon Skywalker looked cold and menacing doing it. I, It's, look, it's the Dragon Gate podcast. We obviously like what we like. We're higher on this stuff than most. We're fanatical to some degree. I will give you Shingo. I will give you Okada. And I will give you, you know, Danielson, Omega, Moxley, whoever. Other than that one person iceberg, there's no one in wrestling better than Shun Skywalker. He's that good. He was that good last year. Again, better than everyone but Omega. And this year, he's doing it, but he's doing it with this maniacal character. He's unbelievable. And I don't know how to get the right eyeballs on it to make that a consensus opinion. The same people, and I don't even mean this as a dig, but people that consume wrestling through Reddit, I want them to understand how good Shun Skywalker is.
0: Yeah, Shun Skywalker should be a star of uh, of an archive of our times, you know? This this
1: stuff will get lost to history because, uh, you know, uh, these shows will either be stuck on the network that not a lot of people like that isn't very user friendly or in some cases they'll be removed from the network, which I don't understand why that's the case. And this stuff will go away. And it's a damn shame because we're, we're witnessing a guy who is 25, 26 years old. I don't know if this is his prime or not, but I know what he's doing right now is really fucking good.
0: Yeah, it, and it's something that, you know, I was probably his biggest biggest crit when he came back about him being someone positioned at the top of the card, being a unit leader, and stuff like this, but maybe it didn't work as a babyface, but it is working as a heel, like at a level where like, I admit I was wrong uh, that he had no charisma. He just didn't have babyface charisma. Yeah, your, your
1: your assumption of masquerade was correct, by the way. You nailed it from from their debut was okay, these are five four four great wrestlers plus Estrella who can be used in the right way that can't close a show we saw Minora try it we saw jason lee by the end of it he was cutting show closing promos in japanese which was awesome shun would do it but there was a difference between a shun skywalker closing promo and yamato naruki dorya Masadi Yoshino, which is quite frankly the level that shun now needs to be compared to and in some senses i think he hits their level just not with babyface charisma
0: yeah it, it's one of those things that you know you some people aren't Aren't destined to be inside cats. Some people are outside cats. And I, I think that that is a very convoluted way of saying that Shun found himself. Shun found he's, himself. He, he's there. an outside
1: cat. Uh April 25th, Mike Cork and Hall. We have the Jason Lee negotiating rights six-person three-way tag match. Yamato Benke and Kagatora versus KZ, Big Boss, Shimizu, and Jackie Funky Kameh versus B.B. Hulk, Hyo, and Shun Skywalker. The winner of this match will be granted the opportunity to approach Jason Lee to join their unit. We'll review this match next week. I need your preview right now. Who is winning this match? And when we leave Corkenhall Hall, what unit is Jason Lee in?
0: Oh, boy. I think my heart says I want to see him as the heel now after this weekend. I want to see him with Zebrats because I don't like him in the other two. and We've talked about this for a month now. I just, high-end, I just, uh, yeah. And Natural Vibes, like, he'll be great in Natural Vibes, but he's just, they don't need him. So I'm leaning towards Zebrats, either if it's that he they win and he just just goes beast mode and destroys the other six guys and takes the black and yellow gleefully, or if he gets, like, negotiating rights to high-end, he goes, oh, I, no. I'm not accepting your negotiation and then pulls out a zebra t shirts and beats everyone.
1: That would be really cool. I, I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page. I think there's two options. I think Jason Lee is either leaving Cork and Hall as a heel, which after his performance in this match, I would fully support. It's not, when I said the same thing about Shun, I go, eh, Shun as a heel. I don't, I don't know if that would work or not. No, it turns out it works. Jason Lee, same story. I now have faith after watching this match that a short run of him and Zebrash could be really, really compelling I think there's also a chance that Zebrats wins. They offer him a deal. And through promo battles, we end up with Jason Lee as the third component of D courage, which would not shock me at all. I think those are the two options. I Like I've said before, I would not touch natural vibes that unit is perfect right now. Do not mess with it. And for as exciting as Fujiwara might be in high end, Jason Lee and High End. Given how much I like Jason, how much I despise High End, I I would be so bummed out if that happened.
0: Yeah, that that would be clearly throwing stuff at the wall to get people to talk with Yamato at that point, right?
1: I don't see any any upside. I don't see what he brings to that unit. I don't see his place there. It's not it's not what I want at all. And I think it would be a major step backwards for Jason, yeah. unless he can somehow will that unit into being as compelling. As vibes and as Zbrats, and I, I just don't see that happening. For as good as Jason is, that unit has other problems.
0: Right, and if it's and if he goes to uh high end or really any other unit, like him getting a twin or a triangle gate run, like that's doing the same thing. That's not progressing. Whereas him as a heel, maybe taking the title off of Dya as a Bravegate champion, that's a step forward. So I God, feel like
1: Zbrats Z- could have seven guys. And not a lost post. And just, yeah, they'd just be so loaded. I, I am so excited about that specific future, that unit, what comes of it. And it's with, you know, again, it's not that Kai's been a bad Dreamgate champion. He's just in a unit with Shun Skywalker, SP Kento, and Diamante, which is not fair. Those guys are otherworldly right now. And Kai is just kind of doing his thing. Very average, very fine reign. Not one that history will remember fondly, not one that if things continue the way they are that I will hate. Just a very fine reign, but he is in a unit that is doing extraordinary things, and that is making Kai look bad.
0: Yeah, I think that that's all entirely fair to say. Uh match four, we had a unaffiliated trios match. Ultimo Masaki Mochizuki and Ginki Horiguchi versus Yosuke Santa Maria, Strong Machine J and Takuma Fujiwara. It was Strong Machine J with the machine suplex on, Ginki Horaguchi in nine minutes, and the uh, rec league match of the night and we also but we got to have one thing happen here case maria after christ almost three full years finally got the face off she always wanted with ultimo
1: yeah dreams do come true it's inspiring as somebody that is looking to have a very romantic summer to see maria and ultimo share the ring is a reminder that love wins and that uh there's a special somebody out there for everybody
0: yeah it's really kind of heartwarming if you really think about it, uh,
1: <laughs> you know. You know what I liked about this was Strong Machine J pins Genki Horiguchi with the windmill suplex, and then kind of gave Genki some attitude after yeah. the pin. And it was, you know, I'm look, I'm rooting for Strong Machine J. I don't know. Speaking of you know, first and second chapters, he's at, he's had a pretty rough chapter two, three, and four. I, I don't I don't know what's in Strong Machine J's future. He he could be rec league wrestler for the rest of his life. I'm rooting for him. I want him to succeed. He has a really amazing story. I liked the edge he showed against Genki. There's been some sneaky good, hey, buy some strong machine J stock while it's cheap performances this year. I'm not, I don't know what his next step is. I can't figure him out in this current ecosystem, but Drangy think piece writers which is me and mike and john hernandez every <laughs> once in a while maybe maybe a chance to buy some strong machine j stock right now i i've liked what yeah. i've seen recently
0: yeah you know if, do you ever do the stock game in school like in math class where yes
1: Yeah, like... i lost money every time
0: yeah yeah but if we did like the dragon gate stock game which actually would be a fun okay, idea write that,
1: we're good that write that down it, it, yeah. <laughs> we're doing uh, that
0: <laughs> that's the, a good idea is, the thing is that like you'd always have like shares of like takuma dragon Die would be a really peaking stock right now but strong machine J, like whatever money you had left out of your initial pool you'd buy some in strong machine J, thinking hey it can't get much worse and if it pays off you know even if it goes up a little bit it will be a big percentage boost, at least like from where I bought in at. And if it's somehow things really take off of them, then you're the smartest person in the room. Like, and if that's... you listen,
1: to, if you listen to open the voice gate, you might be the smartest person in the room.
0: Yeah, there we go, buddy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a rec league match. It was fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So my main event: D. Courage versus S. B. K. and Diamante. Well, it well was... just,
1: just just to be clear, we had the conclusion of Mochizuki right. versus Stan Hansen Chikawa in between these matches it's crazy they went to intermission after Mochizuki versus Ichikawa, <laughs> but that is the that is the choice they made
0: i i, I mean that they, they, they were in a mood in fukuoka i i think like we can say that much for sure so it was d courage sbk diamante uh d won by dq after sbk did a very clear low blow, and that was almost enough for Mr. Nakagawa to the match. But until there was a belt shot and getting shoved down himself, that got the DQ. Uh, really fun sprint up until that. I mean, Tiamate with Daya and Yoshioka is very good.
1: Yeah, I thought this rocked up until the finish. And if there was one minor tweak that I would have about current Gate, I would like to. And it's it's always been a part of the promotion. It's always going to be. I wish matches like this would have clean finishes. I I think Yoshioka could have you know taken the fall here. I think Daya could have lost to SB Kento. I think SB Kento could have lost via roll up. Diamante is the one that I wouldn't touch, which is crazy to say, but I I I would not pin him right now if you can at all help it. I was bummed that this had a non-finish because up until that point it was a really good match and it sets the table for what I think could be the most important month of Dragon dia's career. There's a lot in his immediate future that I think we're going to be able to learn from. Obviously, there's the open the Brave Gate match at Dead or Live, which I expect him to lose. I expect him and SB Kento to have a great match, and I expect SB Kento to win the Brave Gate belt in his hometown a year after getting his head shaved in his hometown. And by 2023 or 2024, I expect him to win the damn dream gate belt in his hometown. I think that they are going to deliberately tell basically the reverse dragon kid story with SB Kento in Nagoya where dragon kid loses every big match there. I think SB Kento is going to get big match after big match, and he's going to win more often than not at Dead or Alive. I think we are going to exist in a reality where Dead or Alive is more often than not the SB Kento show. But with Dragon Daya, you have that Brave Gate match. And then let's go under the assumption, would it be fair to say that we expect Dragon Dragon Daya to be in King of Gate this year?
0: Yes, I think that's a very fair assumption.
1: And Daya's on a spot now where we, for a number of reasons, you and I, are very high on him i have been high on him since his debut it took you a year to come around because die got hurt he got sick he wasn't progressing super fast i always had a little bit of stock there once he got his big push at the end of 2019 you came aboard and said i i understand why you like this guy here he is Let, let's see what he can do we talked to jay in april of 2020 on this show and he told the story, which I thought was great, was, you know, Lenny Leonard and Larry Dallas were at dinner with Genki Horiguchi. They were showing him El Hio Del Vikingo uh, videos on Twitter, and Genki was like, you know, what's, what's, what's the big deal? Dragon Dia can do all of that and more. And I know, at least from my perspective, that sent shivers down my spine of, we knew Dragon Dia was this great high flyer. We we knew this guy was good, but, oh, is he that good? Is he Is he on that level? And I think the hardcore the hardest of the hardcore Dragon Gate fans have lived in that reality of living almost vicariously through Dragon Diaz's potential. And he's now going to be put in a position where between the SP Kento match, which is going to be a featured big deal, big time singles match, and assuming that he's in King of Gate, maybe in the same block, as SV Kento, maybe in the same block as Diamante, maybe in the same block as a Yamato or a KZ or a Menorah or an Ata. guys where they're going to be big main event singles matches against. This is the time for Dragon Dia. He's always been on the cusp of something, but if he is going to execute like a star, May of 2022 is the time that he needs to show that he can do that. And if we leave King of Gate talking about KZ and Susumu and Minoru and Ashida and maybe Yoshioka, who we know can deliver in singles matches, and Dragon Daya is not one of the initial names that we think of when we think of King of Gate 2022, I think that's going to be very damning for him. I think that would be a very big disappointment if we come out of June 2nd, the King of Gate Finals, June 3rd, the Torimon Reunion Show. We're going to have a lot to talk about. I think it's going to be very troubling for Dragon Daya if he's not on our list of topics come the end of King of Gate.
0: Yeah, it's something that not only is there like the expectation to, I mean, you look at how everything was built up for him over the last four months, you know, like or really dating back to last year. I mean, the conclusion of Inferno and Daya. One
1: one could say the way everything's built up, been built up for him since his debut. I don't think it would be that, that far fetched. He's been a pushed commodity since day one.
0: Right, yeah. So I mean, it, it it's something that if there's a babyface focus on the shows right now, it like a pure babyface focus, it is towards him and D. Courage, right? Yes. So, so one would expect that he would be that he would be put in high profile situations. Then it would be, as you're saying, like if we're talking about people who've had the big performances in King and Gate before, and when we're talking about that in June, then we're talking about the fact that Daya didn't. Uh, knock it out of the park when it was set up to so i i I think you're absolutely right about that uh the post-match stuff like talking about Daya's uh future the post-match uh we had shun skywalker kind of ramble back out here and him and Daya having interactions shun not watching the product and asking for a twin gate title shot when he realized that this was shun skywalker and everyone pointing out uh no uh he's already signed here so it is uh he's already signed here for dead or alive and you know you you could have made that the facet dead or alive like jay said on twitter but that's not the case but so he potentially has probably a shun shun monte uh, twin gate match in the future too that i feel like the expectations are gonna be super high on as well
1: i would be stunned if that is not the kobe world or ultimo anniversary show twin gate match and i i think it deserves that billing because at that point you're talking about a six or seven month long story going back to the mask versus mask match. I don't see I'm looking at their June schedule right now. They don't have a big Osaka number two show in June and May 29th are in Osaka number two, that's going to be a king of gate show. So they're not going to do a twin gate match there. So I think we're going to come out of, of, I, I don't, you know, I don't know when we're going to get another twin gate defense, but I know that at some point, D Courage is going to defend against Shun Skywalker and Diamante, and that is one where you start the bidding at four and a half stars.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, that. that's my point exactly. Uh, moving on to the main event then, we had the full complement of gold class, that is Nora, Minanora, doi Kaito Ishida, and Minorita, Man, and not with, and Minarita. This is an eight-man tag. Versus high-end Yamato, Dragon Kid, Binkei, and Ketsuke Akuda. Uh Koda Minora penned Okuda with the R301 here. And before we get to the match itself, Okuda's kind of become the lost post when Kage has not been around. And that's kind of uh I don't want to say concerning, but it, it it's kind of noticeable that he's always the one taking these falls.
1: That doesn't that doesn't surprise me. Uh you're not gonna beat Yamato, right. you're not gonna beat Drain Kid, and yeah. I think there's more upside of Ben K than there is Okuda, and so that leaves Okuda on his back more often than not.
0: Right, yeah, no, I'm not saying that's a negative. I'm someone that my I I've sold my CSK Akuda stock year of uh, last year. So, I am not disappointed with this, but uh uh Casey, you said oh, early on in the show you said you had you had something you wanted to talk about with Gold Class here with this match. So, the floor is yours.
1: Oh, I I Oh, did I? Okay, interesting. You remember my talking points more than I do. I, my only note on this match is that it's just not on the level of the Zebrats versus Natural Vibes match. I think there's a, they're clearly separating those two matchups right now, and Natural Vibes versus Zebrats hits every single time. There's so much depth in those units, they could throw any combination out there, and I think they work. As I said last week when we talked about their Cork and Hall match, the only enjoyable aspect of Gold Class versus high-end is the fact that Gold Class eats their lunch every single time. I did not find this to be a particularly compelling main event. Uh, I'm Maybe I'm grumpy. It's a grumpy three stars, a generous three and a quarter. But this didn't light my world on fire at all. And I I love menorah I love Ashita. I love Doi. I think Minorita is super, super entertaining. But this match got sterile very fast. I could... I could watch Z Bratz versus Vibes for the next six months. I think there's enough interesting combinations in those units with or without Jason Lee and either of them, mind you, to where I'm not going to get sick of that match. We're a month and a half into gold class versus high end. And I'm like, all right, I got it. What, what next? Let's get Minora a better challenger. Let's do Minora versus Yamato. Uh, let's have Minora win something big because that's why this unit exists. I love the idea of gold class having a very, very long triangle gate run, but I can't have them defend against high end every month because I'm already sick of this combination.
0: Yeah. It's something where this match for me, this is where, you know, the loop gets you because we've seen this match before. We've seen Yamato get, we've seen Yamato run off and get frustrated by Minorita a lot at this point. So big thing. I I mean, the crowd loved it. So, I mean, like there's a point to why you do this. The same reason why, why team Boku had such a long run because you want to make sure that you can get all the juice out of that orange here but in these combinations it was just fine like like it was just fine I I thought you had a bigger point to make with that when I did that uh not not that I'm aware of them I don't think I
1: missed anything in my notes I think this was just a very fine match that wasn't as good as the main event of the first show
0: right yeah no I'm totally with you there I mean let me read down, run down my notes I have here. I have only four of them for this. Fun Ishida and Ben opening with Ishida taking most of it. I thought Ishida like kind of winning out on Ben was kind of interesting. Yamato got a wrench. He then <laughs> ran around, ran away Minerita again. This was fine.
1: Yeah, you know, for as critical as, of this match as I was, Yamato versus Minerita makes me laugh every single time.
0: He had a wrench.
1: let the record show your honor he had a (laughs) wrench
0: yeah so this was all fine uh the post-match go home we had like the very rare during the curtain call music angle here so gold class does the go home promo no sign of minarita they go to uh, they they play dragon storm and they play the the, uh, it used to be after dragon storm closing out a show it used to be a hayabusa song i think they changed it but or it's later on, they put one in there, but they're playing the Go Home songs, and suddenly the camera doesn't cut out because a Metal Warrior comes back with Menorita and menaces him into the ring. The rest of Gold Class, of course, run out there to get Menorita, and Naruki Toys insistent that this guy take off the mask, and he takes off the mask to only have another Metal Warrior mask on underneath it. Only one Metal Warrior at this time.
1: What do we make of this? I truly and i talked about this last week i have no feel for where this is going the obvious thought is that their future kids just looking at the rest of the roster they could be zebrats guys that that is a reality that we have to prepare ourselves for is that it's you know whole kyo and i guess i guess diamante and they're just under the mask for whatever reason. I, I don't I don't know what to make of this. The Metal Warrior stuff is really interesting to me because I have absolutely no feel for it. Jason Lee, I feel like there's a few options. We know what's going to happen. We just don't know the exact way. You could tell me anybody but Shima, Seahawk, and Lineman are under the Metal Warrior mask, and I would believe you.
0: So the Warrior, at least here, which does not mean a thing, just getting that out there, they have put kids under a mask before debuts that were not supposed to be the people when they reveal who it is like that has been a, a tried and true in dragon gate that it's until the person's on a mask you don't make that assumption other than uh D- die inferno always being yuki oshioka like that one was just apparent immediately but the person that was currently underneath the mask was not much taller than uh much, not much taller than minorita like maybe two or three inches so That would narrow it down some, but then again, who knows? I have no feel outside of that. So that's why I'm reading into something that ultimately that will not play into the uh, final proceeding.
1: They had future kids on the road this weekend. I don't think they did an exhibition match in Fukuoka, but I know they did uh, an exhibition match in Kagoshima. So that to me, it's a future kid.
0: It makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, none of the Future Kids stuff has made a uh, network yet, right?
1: No, it has not. And I, I'm very anxiously awaiting the day where we can see the second round of Future Kids. But no, to, to my knowledge, none of that footage is available so far.
0: Man, what a bummer. I want to see what these kids are up to. You know, it's, you know, it's one of my favorite things.
1: They've been doing exhibitions for a few months now because we clocked yeah. their debuts. I have, okay, maybe maybe not as long. I have photos of them on my computer. There's four kids from February 13th of this year and I believe that was their debut in front of an audience I don't know these kids names I don't know anything about them but there were four kids that debuted on February 13th and I'm assuming those are the same kids that were in Kagoshima I saw a picture of them uh, the day of the show I cannot find that picture right now but yeah there's there's more in the pipeline and jay talked about that with alan just to reference that podcast one more time about how many kids uh there are in the dojo right now they're having to build extra bunk beds and not all those kids will make it uh you know a fraction of those kids will make it but i think he said there's 20 something kids that just came into the dojo
0: yeah uh i think jay mentioned the names on the show at least very quickly he,
1: yes uh, yes he yes those those kids have been named but i do not remember who they are
0: right yeah so i mean we'll see i mean I. Uh, I'm just fiending for some future matches, man. Like, like that's what boils down to for me. I want some five-minute exhibitions to hey, talk about. Hey, say
1: what you know about Mike Spears. He is fiending for some future matches right now.
0: It's my favorite thing,
1: man. Like, I get like, it. I, I get excited when Super Shisa makes tape. We all have yeah. our things.
0: Yeah, we all have our things there. But uh, that was it for the Hakata shows from this month. I don't think they'll be back in there until after King of Gate, I think. Or, if it, or it might be around the end of King of Gate. Uh, that's not it, not it for Dragon Gate this week, especially on the Dragon Gate Network. By the time you have listened to this, most likely they, the monthly trip to the h- local hallowed, hallowed ground, uh, Kobe Sambo Hall, is on the 19th, a 6.30 local time start. And then next Monday, it's a Monday cork in case.
1: Hold on. Hold on. That Kobe show is on April the 21st. That is on Thursday this week.
0: Oh, so then the the Twitter account is wrong so yeah I'm looking, at, I'm
1: looking at the gaiora site
0: well thank you for that so yeah so we'll so we'll have two shows before the end of the month one on the 21st kobe sambo hall we don't have anything announced for it so yeah and then the monday corkin show it will have english commentary and the only thing we know for that is the match we talked about earlier the rights to negotiate with jason lee trios match but one would think i mean we don't have a triangle gate match set up you'd think that the metal, Metal Warriors thing will kind of play off by then. Well, I mean, they're doing
1: uh, Min- Minorita versus Metal Warrior in a single oh, match as well, and I would that, assume that plays into the Triangle Gate match.
0: Yeah, that's it. that's right. I forgot about that. Okay, so yeah, so, so we'll, we'll probably at least have the title situation situated to one extent or another after Monday's Scorpion Show.
1: Do you think they build a cage match on ten days' notice, or are we not getting a cage match for Dead or Alive this year?
0: I don't think we're in the cage match. I I, I Crazy. think, yeah, yeah. It seems
1: like this would be the there, there's so much interesting stuff with these units. I know these units just got built, but this seems like the year to do it and just just shave some heads. No, you don't have to kick anybody out of the unit, but it's <laughs> time shave we them. shave. You just shave shave some heads in Nagoya. You you've been there before. You get it. Uh, we, we've all we've all experienced that it's crazy that this is the year they're not doing a cage match
0: yeah yeah you go to Nagoya to go get your head shaved i mean yeah, it's pretty it's what, it's what they're known for
1: i it's was talking they're... to a girl on i was talking to a girl on hinge last night she's like if you could run away anywhere where would you run away to i was like oh osaka uh, uh i hear the people are real it's just like i'm trying not to say like ed arena 2 to this normal woman i was like oh <laughs> i i hear the people are really nice there uh and I, you know they really like baseball in japan and uh uh you know I've, i i have this dream scenario where i'm an english teacher in japan even though i don't speak japanese she's like oh wow that's so interesting um so and then i guess i have to uh, the the uh, just so you know the other thing uh, about the uh, that scenario is that i would get my head shaved in nagoya
0: <laughs> because that's what you do you go to nagoya yeah, get your head shaved
1: it's actually it's a lot of lore about nagoya uh you should come over sometime i'll teach you about it
0: uh, uh something tells me that, that that conversation petered out pretty soon afterwards. You know
1: what? Fuck you, Mike. I'm actually I've been
0: talking to her throughout the show. Okay. Uh, okay, <laughs> never mind that. <then>. Congratulations <laughs> then, buddy. Thank <Fuck> you. Congratulations. <laughs> you, you, you did a disaffected voice, which I think that <laughs> Me along with the listeners can make a fair assumption there.
1: <laughs> no, we're talking about the Titanic, which is one of my favorite topics. I, I love the Titanic. Oh, I was so tit- fascinated by it. Oh, I was a
0: Titanic kid growing up. Oh days. my
1: god, that's it, She had, you know, she she has an all time hinge prompt that assuming we are that conversation when it fizzles out, I'm gonna give it two weeks, and then I'm gonna take her hinge prompt, which is tell me about the weird uh time period you were fascinated by in middle school i was like oh that's that's fantastic that's a conversation starter right there because right now mine is if you're going to be executed by the state how would you prefer to be killed which is dark uh bullet. but i i love bullet. hers yeah f- oh, f- look i am as anti-death penalty as right. it gets but yeah. if they if they put me on death row i want six men with guns around me one bullet and you better make it count my friends
0: yeah 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 no yeah no death i'm a death row abolitionist but if you're forcing me that question uh firing squad every time
1: absolutely uh, and this is the open the voice gate podcast. this is it right here we talk about Shun skywalker we talk about hello fresh we talk about the firing squad this is good stuff
0: yeah i mean that that's what we're here for that's what we're here for i might have to that that's a good icebreaker like i'm thinking i'm still thinking about yeah thing, no it's
1: you know like everything with me it takes the right kind of woman to participate but they're into <laughs> it when they are
0: hey hey there we go but i think that unless you got anything else guys i think that's gonna do it for this week
1: no i'd like to stop talking now
0: yeah i i think we're, we're done talking now oh one question for the wedding well, one last tip for the wedding that, that made me think of the efficient. Instead of saying you may kiss arises, the rice,es the efficient said, "Kiss in front of me right now,"
1: <laughs> and like said that. it like a five year old, which <laughs> yeah, was fantastic.
0: I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you if you like the show, again, you follow the the show on Twitter at Open Voice Gate Cases that underscore in your case. I'm at Fujihaia uh if, if you want to donate to the show click link the show notes it will take you to our redcircle.com landing site that's going to do it we'll be back next week we'll be we'll have two shows to talk about next week case eh? two big ones i would imagine we'll devote most of that time to cork and hall but we will see hey hey who knows what might happen in the friendly confines but we'll be back next week talking cork and hall and maybe some kobe sambo hall on open the voice gate take care everyone